Welcome to the Haunting You Podcast, coming to you live from the Chamber of Hunters Studios. I'm John Schelt. I'm Keone Hutton. <laughs> and she's Leslie Reed. <laughs> <laughs> How much have you had to drink? Me? Yes, you. Um, that much? That, that, that was the earliest time that question has been asked. <laughs> So that is why I raised my hand. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Haunting You podcast. You're, I don't even know what's going on at this point. Leslie has a minion notebook that is dancing in her camera. We ask her how much she's had to drink. It's like the equivalent of the bottleneck of a beer. So there's no way she's drunk yet. Show me. Show us the rest of the room. On that beer. Show us the rest of the room. Where are the beer bottles? How many beer bottles are around you? Leslie, why are you not colored now? You were blue, then normal, and now there's no color. I have no color? I mean, you're, like, normal you color. You're yeah, well, black okay. and white. But before like, you were blue, and that was way more interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll figure out how to make myself blue again. Well done. Without, you know, paint or makeup or anything. I have a Sharpie. So, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Haunting You podcast. We are very excited to be back with you on this, the most wonderful day of the year, second only to Halloween. And what day is that, John? Drewski's um, birthday. It's March. It's March 25th. <laughs> not today. Not today. The day that everybody will be listening to this when we release it. Probably like April 15th or something. The first of April. April Fools. April Fools. My second favorite day of the year. Halloween is the only thing that even is the only thing that can exceed it. Close. And dude, I did not know April Fools was your second favorite day. Oh, I freaking love it, dude! Like, especially now that my kids are old enough that I can like prank them, and they <laughs> so understand we... being pranked, as opposed to you know pranking them and they just sit there drooling at you. Well, we we talked about your son pre-show. Are have you not have you not gotten back at him with like the the toothpaste Oreos? Oh, oh, this is what I'm talking about, dude. Like. The toothpaste Oreos is a good, is a solid way. He's probably young enough not to have heard of that yet. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And so before we started, I guess, well, we were recording, but before we started the show, we were having a discussion and you know just catching up on what's happening in our lives because it's been a while since we got together to just BS. And I'm ready to smack my son because he's learned how to talk back. So I am. Ext- we're so proud. I know. I am extremely. Well, we are. You're not. Let's be clear. He has not done it. I hate you both. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I am very excited to prank the hell out of him this April Fool's, uh, just as payback for all of the Being misery of that he, he is, is putting me through this week. Being of a child. Being of a child. Being of a seven-year-old who is getting too big for his britches, and I'm ready to make him pay for it in a completely reasonable non-violent legal. legal way all the caveats are out in front i think this is how you should announce to ashley that you're sending him to military school. <laughs> ashley is totally on board with that plan this is what you do you i mean it depends well, on I'm, how i'm sure him sassing be. her is uh, just as bad she's get, she's getting tired just, of it just tell her when the episode comes out just tell her just listen to the podcast and drive away before Ooh. she gets to that the amusing part is my son's trying to roll his eyes at us, but he's really, really bad at it. So it just ends up looking like he's looking back and forth sketchily. <laughs> it's kind of amusing. He you doesn't have the, sketchily? The, eye, the, the eye roll down? It doesn't actually see. roll. It doesn't roll? It doesn't roll. He just looks back and forth like one of those shifty-eyed characters in a cartoon. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought you were about to be murdered. I saw the door open, but no one. But I couldn't see anyone come in. 
until he was much closer. I was like, huh, he's yeah, about that, to die. That's right. <laughs> I mean, isn't that it would have been children? It would have been perfectly in keeping for it to have been my older child, but no, it was it was my younger child who came in and snuck up behind me, and I have now successfully <laughs> stolen three pieces of candy from to this evening. Anyway, I agree. actually goes into today's theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's a professional segue again. That's right. Oh, so we spent the entire last weekend at Fear Expo. Fear Expo. That actually went on way longer than I thought it would reasonably go. I was impressed. And how long has it been since you picked up up your trumpet? Several months-ish. Something like that. So we have drunk and a sugar high. When I'm the sober (laughs) one, that's a very bad sign. That is a bad sign. But yeah, so we spent all of last weekend at Fear Expo. Fear Expo ended up being a lot of fun and a miserable failure all together at once. It happens sometimes, but we'll we'll get more into that as the show goes on. So what I think we want to talk about today is do a quick recap of Fear Expo, talk about some of the things we learned, some of the people we met, some of the exciting stuff that is coming from or coming out of Fear Expo, where it is going to go in the future, and then because it's April Fool's Day, I think we should have a little fun. Yes. We need shenanigans. We need shenanigans. We so need shenanigans. Shenanigans! Shenanigans! So there will definitely be some shenanigans in the latter part of this episode. So if you don't really want to hear about Fair Expo, feel free to skip ahead to the shenanigans. Conversely, if you don't care about shenanigans and only are interested in Halloween-type things, then we'll let you know when you can stop listening to the podcast. Hold up. You're going to tell them to stop? Actually, they've already downloaded it at that point. <laughs> That's it. They've already downloaded it. We got, we got the credit for the download. So uh, when, when or if you listen... I mean, I appreciate it when you listen, but we already got the credit, so I will We're take dangerously it. dangerously close to telling them to stop listening. <laughs> don't stop listening. Please don't stop listening. We actually have quality quality content for you to hear today. I promise. <laughs> it is coming. More or less. Anyway, uh, so Fear Expo was billed as a, a virtual trade show and convention. And it had um, a number of classes that were offered all completely free if you only were to register. And then it had they built a very cool digital trade show floor. So picture like the Google Street View of convention floors. You could walk around the rooms, you could look around, all from the comfort of your own chair without having to expose yourself to coronavirus or people's stinky breath or, well, being able to try stuff, which is really the benefit of going to a trade show like that. But So we you missed out on that. But it ran into some, I'm going to say, significant technical difficulties with the trade show. I think that's a fair word. And so the trade show did not end up being uh, useful, open, uh, anytime during the weekend. They are doing their best to make that right. And I know that they are in the process of working on uh, a new event where the trade show will be open and people will be able and people from all walks of life will be able to visit the trade show floor and pick up stuff at really good deals. It's just not quite ready yet. So they are working very, very hard to make that happen. But we are not going to talk about that because it is not ready to go. The nice thing, I, from what I understand from their latest email, though, is this one's going to be open to not just 
you know, specific buyers and vendors in the haunt industry, but everyone, everyone, absolutely public, everyone, like buyers, vendors, haunters, home haunters, gamers. Exactly. Everyone. So this is going to be a really cool opportunity for home haunters in particular to learn about some of the biggest players in in the haunt industry. Well, and to get access again. So this is this is a chance for them to up their marketing with a very, very targeted focus on a very, very wide focus angle, which I think is going to give them a lot more, really a lot more opportunities to bring people in who might otherwise not come to something like this because, you know, it was on a weekend, it had a limited time frame. This really kind of gives them some more flexibility. Absolutely. And I have to say, they put together this convention in the span of about two months. To put together... Anything. No, not the average length <laughs> In two of time months you would is yeah. absolutely insane. Especially that scope. But more than not, I think they they kind of pulled it off. Not on the trade show floor, but in a lot of other ways, I think it was a very <laughs> successful weekend. And so that's really what I want to talk about today. I'm sorry, I ate a Milky Way while Leslie was talking. Was, that was, was a wondering. terrible, oh. terrible okay, idea because now I my. Didn't, I didn't talk long enough. You didn't talk long enough, and now my mouth is half glued shut with caramel. <laughs> Maybe that's what you should do for your child. Talk back, we glue your mouth shut with caramel. Ooh, there's an idea. Pull all this loose teeth out. Anyway. <laughs> like How anyway many loose teeth there. does he have? Two uh, birds. Just one right now, but if he talks back again, it's going to be a couple more. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, he's making all sorts of friends with Dad today. Indeed, indeed. John, get bad when I endorse. <laughs> John, start. You start talking about Fear Expo now. So it was it was pretty good on the classes side. We, they did have a number of pretty valuable classes that were that were offered. We got to we were lucky enough to get to moderate some of those, so we got to learn and we got to meet some cool people, which was nice too. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun moderating the classes. I did so, as well, Doctor Hutton. I, I'm gonna have to <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I forgot about that. So. While John was moderating, he was making very good use of his moderating powers to change my name in the uh, in the virtual meeting. There were also all the classes were via Zoom, and because John Should was a moderator, he had all kinds of powers that he abused left and right. And so at various times during the classes, I was Doctor Hutton, I was Skittles, I was my God, Hold what on. else? Was... I forgot, but I'll find it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so John John had way too much fun with his power, and we should probably never give John that kind of authority again. If you do come to some of the classes next time and you see your name has been changed, it's nothing personal. I picked you at random. <laughs> the best part is I didn't even realize it was happening at first. I was like... I had been having issues with Zoom like all weekend because I kept logging in and Zoom thought I was my wife and so would call me Ashley. And so it wasn't totally a surprise to me to find my name wrong here and there. It took me way longer than I should have to realize what he was doing. <laughs> I, I also put you in there as the Fro Froyo King of San Juan. That's right. There but to be fair, I am the Froyo King of San Juan. That's why I didn't. <laughs> and in my defense, I was not actually able to attend any of the classes due to my head, which was broken again. So I'm going to be interviewing these guys on their classes uh, so you won't hear from me nearly as much as you usually would, because I 
couldn't be there, and I'm actually really pumped about it because they had some really good classes in the lineup. There were, and I'm a particularly uh, distraught because I ended up moderating a number of makeup classes that I was <laughs> woefully <laughs> underprepared to do because not my skill set. But you will all have an opportunity to see me try to moderate my way through makeup classes when they reshow all of the classes later this month. So go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash haunting you. Follow us on Twitter at haunting universe one. Follow us on Instagram at haunting university and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you can stay abreast of when all of these things are happening because every single one of these classes that we're about to talk about and more, cause we're not going to talk about all of them will be re shown over the course of a couple of days. It'll be a, uh, a complete replaying of the conference. I'm kind of excited to see myself from like a viewer point of view, <laughs> but I'm also a little terrified. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited because I actually had to watch the damn classes. Right, right. <laughs> oh, but anyway. So just a few of the names of the people who are giving classes. Emma Von Zombie, uh, makeup artist. Stuart Smith. CFX was there showing off their silicone masks. Oh my God, I have lots to say about CFX's silicone masks. <laughs> Kyle Vest. I, had, I did not know this guy before this conference now i am enamored with him he is a makeup artist like he's a stuntman he jumped in like f on four different classes when things were falling apart and saved it i am super impressed with and all of this he was doing from the movie set in georgia that he is currently working on he couldn't tell us any more than that except that he was on set uh, but he was doing all of oh. this virtually from on set which was just very cool there's too many movies being filmed in georgia for me to try and i know guess. right uh, Spencer Terry was there. Butter. Jeff Davis was there. Steve Fielder, Ron Howard, A.V. Ram, the Bradley uh, Bradley Bays. Bradley Bays' class was freaking amazing. We'll get back to that. Leonard Pickle, who we talk about all the time. Tater Lynn from Froggy's Fog. The Big Scary Show, another huge podcast. Well, okay, another huge podcast. Probably, well, a much larger podcast on, than okay, us. Anyway. <laughs> Matt Davis, Ray Lanes, David Jones, Matt Albin, Emily Bloom. Oh my God, what an incredible lineup of speakers. I was blown away. And to put all, again, I keep going back to, they put this together in two months, managed to drag all of these people together in less than two months to put together three days of absolutely ridiculous haunt classes. And it was amazing. But that also was very much part of the haunt industry we're all so excited to get to do what we do even outside of you know how or especially outside of you know the month of october that you know when we do have an opportunity to get together and do something and to share knowledge and and experience that's and our passion and passion it's not even a, a question it's more of a matter of you you want me when where <laughs> yeah, exactly. And particularly because it was virtual and people could come from anywhere and it was it was awesome. The class the class side I of think, Fear Expo was just so great. I think the question that the listeners probably want to know the answer to is when you got that friend request from Leonard Pickle. <gasps> how did you get I, I Yeah, so the another piece of the Fear Expo is Passed the out. Dead Book. The Dead Book is Facebook but for hunters. So I recommend that anyone listening go check out fearexpo.com, set up a profile, get into the dead book, because then you will have access to all of the speakers and you can message them and ask them questions and see the classes that they took and, and all of those things. And it's incredibly valuable. 
But <laughs> I didn't friend Leonard Pickle. Leonard Pickle friended me, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I may have fangirled a little bit. Maybe more than a little bit. Eh, be honest. <laughs> you're, you're among friends. It's a safe place here. <laughs> it's a safe place. Exactly. Anyway. Like a 10-year-old pilgrim widow. Right. So I just want to take a few minutes here and talk about some of these classes that we took because, and then highly recommend you go check them out and hear from uh, the experts themselves. But I really just want to hit the highlights. John, what did you do? I was kind of on that same boat as I ended up moderating a, a makeup class with Emma Von Zombie, who is fantastic. I was kind of in that same boat as like, God, I please don't ask me any questions because <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to lose it. So but she was great. She was very professional. She was incredibly knowledgeable. She was fun to have on. OK, are we working something out with her to come on? Absol- the show? Yes, we are in the process of working it out so that she will be able to come on. So. Uh, Just a bit from her bio, she's from Chicago, she's a self-taught airbrush and special effects artist, and she's been doing it for the last eight years. She's an actor and manager at the Basement of the Dead Haunt in Chicago. And looking at her... um, Profile, face, makeup, face... Profile, or um, portfolio? Portfolio! Thank you, I knew Leslie would get it, just by me staring at her. (laughs) Yeah, but looking at uh, Emma's portfolio of work... Wow, this is a very talented artist, and mm-hmm. I am so Absolutely. I reached out to her, and she is coming on the podcast. Um, so be looking for that sometime in the future. We don't have it booked yet, so I don't know which one it will be. But absolutely phenomenal makeup artist. And she was I'm great. very excited to uh, pick her brain on on some more things. The other one that I was lucky enough to do was the um, okay, what was the title? It was about scare acting. Big um, scares she, with bad actors with say, Matt <laughs> Davis. I need a shorter title. My memory's not that good. But it was <laughs> it was very good. Matt did a fantastic job. Essentially, it was about, I mean, you have your kind of star makeup, or I'm sorry, your kind of star scare actors. But then this is sort of how to efficiently manage and, uh, you know, monitor and get the most out of your, your kind Mediocre. of run-of-the-mill scare actors, your kids that are there to make, you know, 30 bucks. The Grim Reapers that wear white tennis shoes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Complete... And total unprofessionals <laughs> in that sense. And, and Matt, like Matt's talk was from haunting. <laughs> Matt's talk was so awesome because he wasn't talking about good, you know, making actors good or making actors bad. What makes it good no. or bad? He's he was talking about how to make any actor successful and how to design your haunt so that you can take mm-hmm. anybody off the street and they can get really effective scares. Mm-hmm. He so talked, that, that one was fantastic. It was super fantastic. He was talking about um, ways to use hub haunting and oh frick, what did he call it? <laughs> He's actually looking it up. I gotta go to my well, notes. it was it was good because we were talking about the placements of some of the scare actors, how you can improve their acting as well by maybe placing them with some of the more experienced haunt actors, things like that. Again, just taking taking the ones that you can pull off the street and then getting the most out of it. Exactly. He taught, So he taught, gave examples of how to use uh, those bad actors as a distraction for a really good actor to <laughs> jump in and get the scare. He talked about incorporating actor-controlled sound and light into their spot so you don't have to be really good at at scaring someone if all you have to do is push You're a button when someone gets to the right trigger. place. You're just the trigger. And I think all of us know that people pretty consistently will trigger things better than any kind of other trigger will. People have well, better timing than a mechanical trigger. It's also they're there as misdirection. You're expecting them to do something, and then all of a sudden something else... Comes at you from it, behind! 
Exactly. So when you have somebody who's just there to push a button, it is a dual success story because they're there to be a distraction as much as they're there to be the scare. Exactly. Exactly. And he said something that really stuck with me and I wrote it down because of and because it stuck with me. Guests will remember the actor that they have the most interaction with. They're not going to remember someone who jumps out of them for two seconds. They are going to remember someone who is in their face and spends time and effort with Mm -hmm. them. So Mm -hmm. when you're designing your characters, keep that in mind. The people who you have out front, who your guests are going to be interacting with, waiting in the queue line while we're waiting to go in the haunt, or maybe that last final scare that chases them out of the haunt, those are the people you should be putting your A-plus actors with because they're the ones who are going to have the most, or they're the ones who are going to stick with the guests after they leave. Well, and they're also the back. ones who are most likely going to need to have some level of improv ability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Key. And there were a couple of classes that, that touched on that. Um, and improv ability is not something to be taken lightly. It's <laughs> Improv is not easy. Yeah, so any more on that one, John? No, I think that covers it. Yeah, so Matt Davis, he is the owner of the Fear Farm in Blacksburg, South Carolina. If you are in that area, definitely go check out the Fear Farm because that guy has got to be putting on a hell of a show. <laughs> I want to jump back and, and talk more, about if you. How dare you? Go ahead. Well, for more on scare acting, check out our sixth episode. And where would they find that sixth episode, John? You can find that pretty much anywhere you download your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify. Uh, we're on Audible now. Pandora. Pandora. Pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast, you'll find us. We're on iHeartRadio as well now. Indeed. And don't so, forget hauntingyou.com, where you can find our entire library of podcasts, as well as a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. And we are working on adding more content. Always. Always adding more content. Yeah, so then there were a couple of classes that were talking about uh, the business side of haunting. And there was one... Oh, look, Matt Davis again. Huh. He gave a talk... (laughs) I know. He gave a talk called The Art of the Add-On. And this was all about how to squeeze a couple extra dollars out of every patron who's coming through. And then he's talking mm. about things like creating bundles where you have uh, – so a lot of haunts these days are starting to use, um, one, online ticketing, timed ticketing, so you're not standing in a giant line, and instead like get a text message when it's time for you to go into the haunt. Well, that's great and everything, except that you no longer have people just standing there getting cold and needing to buy a hoodie or getting hungry and needing to buy a snack. Mm, So a lot of those easy money add-ons are just not being sold because people aren't standing there. So he was talking about like offering an ultra ticket where you have people get head of the line privileges and they get a t-shirt. So similar to conversation we had with uh, Spencer Terry. Very similar to the, to the conversation we had with Spencer Terry. Uh, But from a, a business standpoint, it was a very enlightening talk. Did, I was going to ask you, what did you think about the no scare tokens? <laughs> yeah, that that's a great a great thought. And I was curious to what you thought of that. So Matt was talking about how they offer these no scare medallions, where they'll either give like a special color of glow stick to mm-hmm. uh, a family that has a young kid, or uh, you know, a special colored lanyard, you know, something like that. But it's a sign to the actors in the haunt to go easy on them. And mm-hmm. I mean, 
I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, you're at the freaking haunted you house. You're there to be scared and you're paying to be scared and to not be scared. Like what? 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 I well, remember that medallion it. is a little extra. So there's, it's another money making. <laughs> That's tool. what I'm saying though. Like they're paying to be scared and to not be scared. Like, but look at it. You have a group <laughs> of friends who absolutely this is what they want to do, but they have to take their little sister along. And and I I get. I mean, it. I, like, I, I, I totally it, get know, it. On, or you know, again, you have small kids, or you have somebody who doesn't want to be left out of the adventure, but is not somebody who likes to be scared. Like you yeah. can go through. I mean, I don't like to be scared. I can go through. I can enjoy the setup. I can enjoy all of these other things, but I don't actually like jump scares. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the much more psychological. So for me, I would actually pay extra for that, just on a case of like scare the hell out of you guys. But and, and, and yeah, I, up, I, I need a. He brought up so, the case of like ha- you have a group of people who want to go in, but there's this one person who's really reluctant, and you know he can offer them this this glow stick, which costs him you know twenty cents, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden because he's taking care of his customers, they have this just absolutely glowing feeling about the customer service that they are receiving. And they're more likely to lead, to have a good time and leave a good review and talk about it to their friends and encourage other customers to come. Yeah. Twenty cent publicity, like it's I. Yeah. It's hard to argue it's, against that. I can also see it as something where you know we've we've talked about doing kind of like kid friendly matinee. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I would almost see doing a reverse or using that as a reverse option. You have to come through with your kids. But you want something a little bit more. Actually, that's the other thing that Matt mm-hmm. talked about. So you can kind of play with that. So say you've got three colors, red, yellow, and green. Green, full force, anything besides, <laughs> anything up to the limit of what your haunt you know, says, oh, which, you know, again, no touching, which is our standard. Right. You know, yellow, tone it down, moderate it, red you're in no scare, whatever is part of the adventure and part of the event happens, but you're not going to have somebody fall. You're, you're not the person that someone's going to fall around with the chainsaw. Who really, you know, <laughs> you're not going to have that. Cause there's definitely, you know, there's definitely actors and there's definitely people who are like, Oh, you don't like to be scared. Congratulations. You just painted a giant target on your ass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, giving you shit the entire way through and turning something that could be a, Oh, I'm scared. I don't really love this into oh my god this is terrifying and i'm having an anxiety attack because there are those actors there are those people who think it's funny and want to do that to somebody so Mm -hmm. i can see where you set that up as part of your haunt experience so that people can kind of tailor what level they want and if you're somebody who's got a red you know red glow stick on your actors know that's not the person to follow and really try to get a reaction out of because there could be some reason that they're doing that. Yeah. And that's, and you bring, I like the, the way you described the tiered system there, because that was one of the other things that Matt does with these glow sticks uh, for like those people who pay the extra dollars to uh, have the ultra experience. They give a special color glow stick and it, and that tells all the actors uh, to give them the show of their lives. <laughs> if you follow my meaning. Which I think is great. Like, if you're somebody, that's what you want, great. I feel like there should be a, a tier for if you are just, you're, you're there, but you want the, I don't know, you want a little special treatment. Maybe like some, I have, little, I, little I, have I brought some coffee on a cold night. I, 
you just hold it up and yell schnapps or something and little, little happy somebody... ending there. Yeah. Maybe you get a cookie and a hug. <laughs> Wouldn't you just like to see one of the the zombies or somebody with a chainsaw? Like, wait a sec. He's got the he's got the cookie tier. Give him a nice cookie and a big hug with the chainsaw. I just want to see that. I I don't know about that. But that is a beautiful segue into another of the classes, uh, Light Up Your Q Line with Steve Fielder. Uh, so Steve Fielder is a traveling stunt actor and fire performer. And uh, in his words, you could tell he's a good fire performer because he still has a beard. Huh. Solid. That's fair. <laughs> right. Like, that. like, you know like what? That. You're onto something. You're onto something there. But he had an absolutely fascinating talk about the queue line and the focus that Hans should be placing on the queue line. Because in many cases, the queue line is where people are going to spend the most amount of time. All throughout the rest of your haunt, they're going to spend a few seconds in any given spot. Maybe, sure. you know, 10 or 20 in a room where they have to, like, navigate some sort of obstacle sure. or they get scared. But for the most part, they're going to go re- pretty damn quickly through your haunt. Mm-hmm. But while they're waiting in line, they are going to be stuck there for a while. And so that is the place where they really need to be entertained. You have the show that will entertain them inside the haunt. While they're waiting to go in, though, that is where to make the memories. And if you capture or if you give them a good show before they ever get into the haunt, they are going to talk about it later. So he spent a lot of time talking about sideshow acts and different actors that you can hire to come out. This was really geared toward pro haunts, much less for home haunters. That being said, I think Jeff Davis at Davis Graveyard does this really well every year they do one or two weekends where they invite in like traveling troops there's this dancing witch troop up in up in oregon that they always bring in and um, they make a party of it it's a lot of fun uh, check out their website or their facebook page in uh, davis graveyard and you will you'll see what i'm talking about they end up having a lot of fun on those weekends they are a home haunt and um, to be fair Davis Graveyard is probably like the premier home haunt in the country, (laughs) but still, it's still a home haunt. Sure. So very cool class. Definitely worth your time if you get the opportunity. But I have to go back and talk about Kyle Vest again. You look at for our listeners. You should see how excited he is. He's clapping. He has a giant smile on his face. It's just like you got a cook. It's the same feeling you would get if you got a cookie and a hug from a scare actor. But continue. You're not wrong. Uh, So. Let me Wait, let me jump not, to the bio real quick. I'm not wrong? You're not wrong. So we should institute that tier. Okay. Okay. Here is a bit of Kyle Vest's bio. Kyle Vest is a reality star known from Netflix's hit show Skin Wars. He's a world globetrotting multimedia artist. He ranges in multiple talents that cover all elements of artist directions. He skyrocketed in fame with his body painting skills and special effects makeup. He has done all levels in makeup art from Playboy to film to themed attractions. He's currently a teacher in the makeup world for a few colleges, few colleges, and makeup schools in the USA. He teaches all aspects of makeup from beauty to theater to special effects and ex- that's a fun word. He acerates now as a top-notch trainer in COVID safety for the makeup you world. You made that up. I didn't. It's in his bio. So he He's worked it. for many celebrities now as well, such as Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Justin Timberlake, Sarah Brightman, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, and the list goes on. Not to mention, he's designed 
all kinds of themed attractions from interior to the exterior cornfields hay rides with every theme and holiday in mind he is a ridiculous airbrush artist go check out his booth on the fear expo show floor because it showcases some of his art that is phenomenal and he is a stunt artist known around the world as a famous aerial ice skater in mexico to sliding it over 15 haunted attractions and colleges hold up hang on <laughs> i gotta stop you now you said an aerial ice skater in mexico i have to ask again are you making that up? I am making none of this up. I am literally reading it from his bio. I'm looking up. I am looking up Mexican aerial skating right now. So. You do that and let me know what you find. But anyway, he so like I mentioned, he taught several classes this weekend, uh, a couple in the makeup world. But the f one that I was introduced him to was advanced but achievable stunt work. And the moment I hear stunt work... I kind of, you know, tune out because I'm a home hunter. I have no budget. I have no particular skills for what I would consider stunts. But that's not what he was talking about. Like, stunt work can be simple. It can be something to great effect. In fact, I was at an estate sale just a couple of months ago, and I stumbled upon a pair of drywall stilts. So I'm playing around with drywall stilts, and we're trying to create a character around it. And guess what? Stunt work. Sliders are considered <laughs> stunt work. What is a slider? Well, that is a person who runs really fast, drops down to their knees and hands, and slides across the ground, creating sparks as they go. You'll see these a lot in haunt queue lines. Sliders are becoming more popular at professional haunts these days. People with better knees than I have. People with better <laughs> knees than I have. Indeed. So, I'm not sure Mexican aerial skating is real. I take, see no evidence of it. Take it up with Kyle Vest. But anyway, he spent the better part of an hour talking about how haunts of all kinds can incorporate different types of stunt work. And a lot of the things he was talking about are very, very applicable to home haunters. So much so that, like I said, we are starting to build a character around uh, stilt work. And he had this really neat idea about using bungees to launch a person from below the show floor onto the show floor. And, Leslie, you and I need to talk because I really want to try it. I want to play with bungees. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I doubt you're ever going to listen to this, but if you do, it was an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you this weekend. You have inspired me, and I'm going to try not to hurt myself, but thank you for that. If he does hurt himself, we'll try to get it on camera, post it on YouTube, get some views. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Ah. Oh. Anyway, so our friend Spencer Terry was here. He brought together haunters from a variety of places. So uh, a guy in the UK, a podcaster from the UK, Jeff Davis, Davis Graveyard, home haunter himself, GM of Fear Factory in Salt Lake City, and Alexis Garcia, uh, the GM of Soul Screams in Puerto Rico. So these were people from all different parts of the world, all different walks of life, in the haunt industry, so different types of haunters within the haunt industry, who all dealt with COVID in different ways because of their different situations. And it was absolutely fascinating to listen to how they were able to open uh, in the midst of COVID and what they did to continue to be profitable in COVID. Hour and a half long talk. I'm not going to get into any of it because we spent a lot of time talking to Spencer 
uh, on here about how they did it, but it was absolutely fascinating. Highly recommend that that panel. Wow, only an hour and a half. Only an hour and a half. Yeah, and I mean they had me like glued to my seat for an hour and a half. It was a phenomenal I, panel. They absolutely could have gone much much no longer. Question. I'm sure. No question, they could have. Especially with such a diverse group. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Bradley Bays. I have to talk about Bradley Bays. This was easily the highlight of the weekend. Hmm. So Brad is one of the head scenic artists and fabricators for Practical Imagination. Sounds like taking magical things and making them real. Something I heartily approve. So Practical Imagination is a production services company in Florida. They do theming. They do R&D. They do interactives. They do special effects, design, workshops. And he taught a class where he took his laptop outside and had it set up in front of two wall panels that he had built. And then he spent the entire class showing us <laughs> all of his techniques to distress the wall panels, make it look like mold and water damage and uh, how to do like a swampy look. And it was so freaking cool. And all of the techniques he was using were super easy. Watered down paint of various colors in... A spray bottle. He would usually started with uh, a very dark black, so painted the wall the normal colors that he, whatever colors he wanted, and then took the black paint and just started spraying it all over the wall. Add a bit of green here, add a bit of yellow here. But by the time he was done, it was disgusting. It was the, it was just a phenomenal transformation, all right there live in front of us. And holy, <laughs> I learned a lot from him that I'm now incorporating as I'm starting to build our wall panels. Bradley Bays. Good to know. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Especially considering the mess of trying to get the Arkham walls. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah, indeed. That was rough. Oh, of course, have to talk about Leonard Pickle. He gave his talk, Tricks and Tips from 40 Years of Scary Construction. Leslie and I took this class at West Coast Haunters last year. Uh, we talked about it on whatever episode that was. John, look that one up for me. West Coast Honors Recap, the more recent one. We talked about it then. I'm not going to talk about it now, but incredibly valuable for people who are building layouts or designing layouts and building haunts. I took a lot. I always take a lot away from his class. Oh, and then one more that, Leslie, you need to put at the top of your list. Okay. Effective scaring and storytelling from six feet away in 2021. I need to go okay. back and watch this one because I was in a rush. I was out running and I was listening to the Zoom call over my headphones mm. while I was running. And so I wasn't able to take notes, but I stopped dead in my tracks in the middle of the road four or five times while listening to this man's analysis of fear and mm. how... Like the psychology of fear, the psychology of monsters, and how to incorporate that into your storytelling to make your haunt mm -hmm. that much more terrifying. Holy fing We need to get him on the podcast to talk about this because, oh my god. Yeah, that sounds incredibly go, important. Go listen to this guy's talk. Because I cannot do it justice. And he has, like, the perfect voice for talking about the psychology of fear. 
the very very calm level voice so that has like calm, this level, sinister almost, variety. Yes, like it was such an effective talk. I cannot do it justice. You have to go and listen to it yourself. Does he sound like better than Cumberbatch? No. Aww. Not British. Aww. Indeed, indeed. Oh man, it was amazing. So anyway. So anyway. Yeah, episode twenty six. Sorry. Episode 26. Thank you, John. Episode 26 is where we talked about Leonard Pickle's tricks and tips from 40 years of scary construction. Go check that out on hauntingu.com. So there were a bunch of other classics. How to make an iconic character. How to run an acting team. 2D mapping, which was less useful than I hoped it would be, but there's only so much you can do talking about 2D mapping in half an hour. How to use YouTube for local business success. Ray Lane, a marketing guy, came on and talked about that and ways to to build it up. And then there were product demos. And I'm only going to hit on a couple of these. I'm not even going to hit on both of them. Um, Go Fog Yourself. (laughs) Scott Tater Lind. Everybody in the haunt industry knows Tater. He works for Froggy's Fog. He is at every trade show. If you end up at a trade show, you will see him there. All talking about all of Froggy's new products and... um, they always have really cool products. Way outside my price range, but very cool <laughs> products. But the coolest one was from CFX. So CFX is a mask-making company, and they do silicone masks. Everybody is pretty familiar with latex, I think. I'm mm-hmm. familiar with latex. It's what I got my start doing masks. But picture, if you will, Mission Impossible. Go on. And that moment where Tom Cruise rips the mask off of his face and reveals Tom Cruise. Of course, I'm very sorry to hear you say that, Claire. You know the scene I'm talking about? Dude, spoilers! Jesus! (laughs) I didn't tell you who he was. It's a little old for that. It's a lot old for that. Um, Also, to hell with him, but that's a sidebar. Anyway, so that's... Like, that is a silicone mask. Josh and Tabitha Overturf run this company, Composite FX, and they make some of the coolest silicone masks I have ever seen. They are all, so they come in two different sizes, and they hug your face kind of like the face hugger in Alien. Really tight, really, what's the word I want, Leslie? It basically molds to your face, so that's... That's, that's a good way of putting it. It molds to your face so that you can actually, like, see the person's eyes beneath the character. It's inco- like their eyes are incorporated into the character. Their mouth actually articulates the jaw of the mask. Very, very cool. It's something that a lot of mask makers have been trying to overcome with latex because you lose so much mobility. Mm. It's, it's something that we've talked about when do you do makeup or do you do a mask because one of the hazards of a mask is you lose a lot of the expressive nature yes. of yes. your of, acting. Of, of the actor, exactly. And so what what the, the silicon does, it, think of it too, it's very, very similar to what Hollywood uses for prosthetics. You use a silicon prosthetic so it can be reused and but in, in this case, instead of doing something that is pieced on, it is just a mask. I think we're gonna have to do the entire thing. Right. I have had all kinds of issues with my latex mask, with them getting dried out and brittle and tearing. And these masks will not do that. They rate them for 20 years before they should really have a problem. And he he had an imp mask where they had plugged up the eyes and mouth. 
on a head form and then took a bike pump and inflated it to the size of like a four foot mm. diameter beach ball just to show how damn stretchy these masks are without tearing. It was unbelievable. The coolest demo I've ever seen in using a mask. All the demos you've been to? Well, using a mask. The coolest <laughs> demo I've seen using a mask. Awesome, awesome products, but way outside of my price range. So we're talking like starting at $500. I definitely see some areas where if you're looking for a iconic character that you want to build your storyline around i could definitely see this being a a hell of a way to do it it's that they're definitely designed i mean even even from the beginning they're designed to be an investment piece absolutely and with a 20-year life you know 500 dollars over 20 years that's not a bad investment no, it's definitely something like you have the character, you know exactly what that it, it is. This is not a character. Like this would be something that we would use once we have a, you know, let's call it an anchor character, a character that's going to anchor the haunt, anchor the storyline. No matter what we do, no matter what storylines we change, this character is not going to go under undergo significant revision <laughs> or revision. You know, okay, change up the costume, maybe you know tweak a little bit of the storyline or responsibility you know there'll be some adjustments but primarily this character is stable in terms of what what their role in the haunt is and how they look exactly exactly so uh composite effects go check it out some of the coolest stuff and especially when the fear expo show floor gets open again uh, because all their masks are going to be discounted it may be an opportunity for you to pick up something that you got your eye on Oh my gosh, I think that is enough. So there were a ton of other classes that I just don't have time to get into. Uh, Crazy Sets of Colors did some uh, was showing how to paint 3D blacklight responsive art. Very cool. Oh, Holiday Light Show Wow Factor. This guy Ron Howard did a complete demo on how to use software to program your lights. Good for Christmas, good for uh, Halloween as well. Several the classes. Ron Howard? No, not the Ron Howard. Not the Ron Mm. Howard you're thinking. Damn. A number of makeup classes that I just do not have the expertise to talk about with any kind of... um, I I won't sound like I know what I'm talking about. But highly recommend all of them in general. So go check out Fear Expo at fearexpo.com. Register and sign up for the newsletter so that you can be kept abreast of when they will be uh, re-showing all these classes and take advantage because oh my god what a collection of knowledge uh, that was shown over those three days well with that i think it is an excellent opportunity to take a break let's hear from our sponsors if we have any at this time and then we can get right back into the shenanigans Welcome back from that break from our potential sponsors. So, we thought it would be fun for some April Fools to, to do a little bit of shenanigans, do some fun. We like to do some shenanigans every now and then. Given that, as we're as we're recording, I almost said filming. As we're recording, <laughs> um, so this is why I shouldn't have the video up. As we're recording, March Madness is going on. College basketball tournaments. So, we thought we would do our own little bracket and go from there. So, Kate, do you think... 
Let me ask you a question. Do you think Gonzaga can take out Loyola? Loyola. Uh, there are a lot of words in there that case. I don't know. Plus, I'm not sure it actually matters. But. But then it does. I really don't need rabid basketball fans coming after us. Just, uh, just a sidebar. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure they'll come after what? I just want to point out that I know nothing about college basketball or pro basketball, for that matter. Please don't attack us because I don't know anything. See, I think that was more what would do it. And neither of them are even playing each other, so it doesn't even matter. Fair We're going to do our own Haunting You-themed bracket. So because we've discussed it a few times in the past, we decided to go with Halloween candy and crown the ultimate Halloween candy. Indeed. So... It's going so to be bloody and delicious. So but it's not usually delicious. It's magically delicious. What about that cake at the West Coast Hunters Convention with the with the syrup? That was, was that blood. That was bloody looking. I would eat that delicious. Blood. Yeah. Did you yeah. say it looked bloody delicious? It did look bloody delicious. It did look bloody Damn delicious. It. it looked deliciously bloody. That too. Okay, wipe that. Look off your. <laughs> so. <laughs> so now the actual. College basketball bracket is 68 entries. We are not going to do that many. Oh, hell no. Because um, that will take way too long, and I don't even – I can't even think of 68 kinds of candies. So, I can. Denied. Go. Denied. I'm waiting. Go. 68. I want to no, hear it. No, no, no. We're done. I, 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 I want to hear 68. I told I was denied. So, okay, I want to hear a count from 1 to 68 in candies. This has now replaced the bracket. Can I candy mute you? 1, candy Can 2, candy 3, candy 4, candy right. 5. <laughs> All right. So we went on and we found. There, I muted both of you. <laughs> oh, so we found a bracket that was put together by the Today Show last October, and it is what we are going to base our uh, our discussion on today. Here is the candy that the Today Show decided on. In round one, Milky Way versus Snickers, Twizzlers versus Starburst, 100 Grand versus Baby Ruth. Payday versus Butterfinger, Skittles versus M&M's, Reese's versus Twix, Almond Joy versus Mounds. I can see Leslie had a take on that one. <laughs> Three Musketeers versus York Peppermint Patties. Dun, so, dun, dun. I like your announcer voice. Thank you. Before we get before we get into it, okay, we, we had a discussion pre-show about some candy that was not on there. Just to get it out of your system. Well, um, I believe you had some words to say before we start. I did. I did indeed. Candy corn. That is all. Wow, I, I thought that was going to be a longer... <laughs> I made like 10 minutes worth of room for that. All right. Nope, that's all I needed to say. You can also find K saying candy corn <laughs> in episodes... I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I don't either, but it was our Halloween episode. Or <laughs> <laughs> he also says that. Maybe you should just say that every episode so I don't have to find the specific one. I have very All strong right. negative feelings toward candy corn. You do. Did it like no, – never mind. That's yep. an inappropriate joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. Um, all right. So first on the docket, we have York Peppermint Patty versus candy corn. Er, I hate you. <laughs> York Peppermint Patties versus Three Musketeers. I know where I'm going. I hate okay. York – I hate – York peppermint patties, so this is an easy... Why do you hate them? The mint. 100% the mint. Do you hate all things mint? No, but I do hate chocolate mint. Really? Yeah, so like the Girl Scout cookie mint chocolate ones, don't like them. You hate Thin Mints? I hate Thin Mints. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, 
I don't I don't hate your I don't hate York peppermint patties. I think they're good. I'll I enjoy one every now and then, but they they can't beat Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers is fantastic. So I, I can't do that. Leslie, you're on mute still. We cannot I see you making disgusting faces over there. <laughs> I see but Leslie being we can't hear you. I don't need to unmute. I didn't touch anything. I muted you when you uh, were counting did that candy. On purpose. Oh. I never unmuted myself. Very well. Uh, your peppermint patties because Three Musketeers is just fluff with fluff. There's like it's no yes, and, fluff. and it's still better. It's cho- one, it's chocolate fluff first of all, but that's still better than York peppermint patties. No, no, you're both delightful. wrong. Well, <laughs> two out of three beats you, so Three Musketeers. Thank God we have moves three on. people. I know we totally we, we, this would not work with two people. We would never find no. a consensus. We haven't found consensus. <laughs> we don't need consensus. Majority rules. <laughs> All right. So, Kay, are you keeping track of this? I am. Yes. Okay. Three Musketeer has moved on to the second round. So three Musketeer is moving on. All right. So now we have the worst bracket in the entire thing <laughs> because we have Mounds versus Almond Joy, and Almond Joy coconut is awful. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So we have Mounds versus Almond Joy. I I would prefer to ab- just abstain from voting because all coconut is terrible. But Almond Joy, hundred percent Almond Joy. Leslie, what was yours? Almond Joy. I'm gonna pick Mounds because I hate almonds too, but it doesn't matter. Fair enough to me. <laughs> Almond Joy has moved on to the next oh. round. This this is now this is some heavyweights. This is a good one. Oh, damn. Right? One of these is going down early. Oh. Uh, All right. We have Twix versus Rhesus. That's, oh, oh, that's a man. tough one. Twix. I freaking love them both. I know. See, this is this is rough. That should be – I would put that in a, in a different tier. But if, if either one of these were – if they were not up against each other, I think they both I know. have a solid shot at making the final four. Oh. I'm sorry, chocolate and peanut butter is too delicious of a combination. I have to vote Reese's. Twix is Twix is just amazing. What did you, what did you vote, Les? Twix. Leslie went Twix. So I have to be the tiebreaker. Why would you? I do know that I did that me? on purpose. Because <laughs> we love you, and we're gonna torment you endlessly, forever and ever and ever. I'd say we'd come back to this one so you can think it over, but we'll no, never remember no, to do that. Well, so. I have I gotta go with Reese's, and the only reason I'm picking Reese's is because. You get it at multiple holidays. There are Reese trees. There are Reese's <laughs> eggs. There are Reese's pumpkins. We have the eggs right now. The eggs have extra peanut butter. Which That's what is I'm amazing. talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like mm. Reese's is a very versatile candy all through the year. Yeah, but the best one is when you freeze the little minis. Absolutely. Those are good. Frozen Reese's are clutch. That's solid. All right. All right. Reese's moving on. I think I know how this one's going to go. But <laughs> so we have M&M's versus Skittles in our next matchup. I can't imagine which one Leslie's going to pick. Skittles. I'm going to assume Leslie abstain. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, what do you want to where do you want to go with this? M&M's one? of course. I will always take chocolate over fruity. Leslie? Skittles. Got to be the Skittles. You know, I don't I don't know of a ton of awesome fruit candy. And Skittles is really good fruit candy. There's a and to me, there's just so many things you can get that are chocolate. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Skittles. You're a bad man. I know. You're a bad also, man. Occasionally, my username that I log into and change people's too. So I'm going Skittles. You can get Noted. chocolate anything anywhere. Come on now. All right. So that completes our first bracket. 
Uh, nope. Well, now we got to go down the other side. Well, well, that I mean the the conference. Right. First, I'm having a hard time not looking at this with basketball eyes. That's fair. Um. All right. So the next matchup: Milky Way and Snickers. Snickers. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Wait a minute. I did that already. I don't think that's. I don't. It think still applies. I mean, Snickers is basically a Milky Way with nuts. Tell me I'm wrong. Do you feel like a nut? I always feel like a nut. Fair you enough. are a nut. I was going to say, I don't think that's... That's why I go Snickers. I, I'm sorry. I love the caramel. I'm going to go Milky Way, but it's, it's delicious. Sorry, John. Snickers moves on. Snickers moves on. It does have a little bit more protein, so I can get behind that. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean... Is what, it healthy? What is, no. Is it what is healthier a redeeming than a Milky Way? What is a redeeming quality about this piece of candy? Oh, it has protein. Well, let me ask you a question. What is a Which one, gun to your head, which is more healthy, Snickers or Milky Way? At least there's one redeeming quality for Snickers. Milky Way might have less calories? Like, I would look that up, but that seems like a lot of work. So. I'm, on, I'm on it. I'm on it. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep going while I look it up. All right, we're going to move on. That is the most useless Google search that's ever been done. But <laughs> we're moving on. So now we have Twizzlers and Starburst. Holy Twizzlers. Um, Kay, you discovered something there? He's He has this look of shock on his face right now. Like he's in complete disbelief. Yes, along with some confusion. <laughs> and now it's cha- – I, like, I think we should do this more on the show. And now it's changed to a grim determination – it's like the days of old-time radio. Oh, there's some hope in his eyes now. Yeah, hope is relative. Yeah, true enough. I know this is terrible audio, but this is, like, thrilling to me how he's – what he's doing. Oh, oh he's – the <laughs> waiting for that one. And there's the finger, so we'll move on. All right, so we have Twizzlers versus Starburst. Leslie, okay, wait, wait. I, ha- I have a solution, oh. or I, ha- I have the answer. Which do you think is less calories? I guess I think Milky Way has less calories, I guess. Snickers. I don't know. It's Snickers. 264 for Milky Way, 215 for Snickers. I didn't see that coming. You looked so fascinated when you were doing this. What? Well, because <laughs> when I, I originally punched in uh, the mini, I did Milky Way mini versus a Snickers ah, mini, and the Milky Way oh. mini had 94 calories and the Snickers mini had 42 and I was like, how can it be that different? So I had to find the regular, like the full-size candy bar for a better comparison. And wow, we eat Snickers from now on. Anyway, the doctor recommended candy bar Snickers. <laughs> All right. So I might have to brand you Doctor Hutton. That works for so many jokes now. <laughs> uh, huh. Carry on. Before you say no, we're gonna move on. Twizzlers versus Starburst. Leslie. Twizzlers. I hate Twizzlers. Still Twizzlers. I hate Twizzlers, Starburst. Because Twizzlers, you can use them as a straw, and Twizzlers and Mountain Dew is amazing. So I totally you, saw you hold that thing up, and I thought it was a Twizzler in your hand. He's yeah, got, yeah, you don't actually have a Twizzler. He's got like a back scratcher in his hand with a red handle. Yeah, I, I say, totally thought he had a Twizzler. So, so I think Starburst is better, just on its own merit. However, I'm getting revenge... Because I hate opening each one individually. It's so annoying. And if you're being honest, <laughs> Leslie's right. Have you ever had any type of sweet beverage with a Twizzler straw? It's amazing. It is. You're doing a fantastic job. I'm not 100% sure that that's not frozen. Ah! <laughs> Twizzlers moves on. <laughs> now, now, if that had been Starburst Jelly Beans, I would have voted that way purely because... 
I'm not annoyed by the individual wrappings. Jelly beans are not a Halloween candy. Carry on. That's why they're Especially not, not Starburst jelly beans because Just they saying. only come out for Easter. Hey, Indeed. zombies eat G- Jesus Day. <laughs> All right, we're getting into we're getting into the crap. What? Though. It's Zombie Jesus Day. And I apologize. These I'm next two it. these next two should be relatively easy, I think. No wrong. That, all right, so we have a we have a hundred grand and a baby Ruth for our next matchup. I don't get I, baby Ruth. <laughs> it's still better than the uh, what's in the next bracket, like the one of the candy bars in our next bracket. But I just don't get baby Ruth. Like, why on earth would you ever pick a baby Ruth over anything? I don't know. I, for one, love Hundred Grands. They are one of my favorite Halloween candies. It's really the only time I get them, and so it makes them special in that mind. Hundred Grand for the win. So before we move on, I think a key part of this particular matchup is is knowledge. So what is a Hundred Grand? Because I don't think I can honestly tell you. A large thought. amount of money I wish I could have. There is that. If that's the case, I'm voting for that. I will vote for money over whatever that candy is. A hundred grand or a unique combination of chewy caramel, rich milk chocolate, and crunchy crisp rice. So it's like a Nestle Crunch with caramel. It sounds like Twix, but worse. No, no. It's a Nestle Crunch with caramel. They are amazing. Can I have a, can I substitute a Nestle Crunch? No. The time, the time for substituting is over. You missed your chance. What about candy corn? Can I do candy corn? He's going to hit you. (laughs) <laughs> look at you're that. Gonna have so much look at that you're gonna have so much look at on it. i know i'm okay with it look Let's at that be... beautiful candy bar i want to point out this is not even like one of those cool videos where you show them like <laughs> you know like you pull apart like a cookie and it's you see like it being warm and warm frosting it's literally just a picture of eh, whatever yes <laughs> you are correct sir I do like the peanut butter butterfinger with the with the sharks and the focus group. That oh, one's good. Oh, the peanut butter butterfinger is awesome. Anyway, continue. Or maybe it's peanut butter Snickers. Peanut butter it doesn't Snickers matter. Are good too. I anything with peanut butter can't, is good. I cannot for the life of me remember a time when I had either a hundred grand or a baby Ruth. I guess I'll go with a hundred grand. We'll, we'll, we'll let that one go. You made the right <laughs> choice. I assure you. I guess. I'm disappointed now. All right. So the next one, this is going to be a drubbing. We have a Butterfinger versus a Payday. Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Yeah. For those of you who have never had a Payday, it is disappointingly... Disappointing. It's just a... It's disappointingly it like disappointing. It is a marketed... bar full of disappointment. I'm done. I mean, yeah, I can't improve on that. <laughs> He's so angry. You, it, it's, it's marketed as sort of like a... A sweet nougaty candy with with peanuts. It's supposed to be like but, your your sweet and salty bar. Uh, you know, it's got yeah, peanuts, it's got caramel. But it's not. But that's all it has. But it's not. It's just not. It is. It's at least a baby Ruth has chocolate. Like payday doesn't even have that. <laughs> terrible. It's the worst version of a baby Ruth. It's the worst version of a baby Ruth. Which didn't even make it in. <laughs> all right. So that concludes our first round. Indeed. So. Indeed. If I'm seeing this right, it sounds like Almond Joy and Three Musketeers would be matching up. That is correct. That is our next matchup. Almond Joy. No. I'm. It, it has no. to be Three Musketeers. It is Three it's Musketeers. It's light, chocolatey fluff instead of hard, terrible coconut and almonds. Yeah, I mean, but coconut I love is the amazing. I mean, coconut the f- is good, but that's all it has to offer. Like, but that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Three Musketeer moves on. The flavor of coconut is amazing. The actual coconut itself, I can't, I can't do. Oh, you have you, no seeing Twix makes me sad now. Can we sub in Twix for payday? Nope. Damn. Uh, next up is Reese's versus Skittles. Oh, we both oh like I just saw Liz, <laughs> Leslie like struggle with that one for a moment. Skittles, Skittles still win. It's chocolate Skittles. and peanut butter. I still have to go with it. Reese's, <laughs> Reese's takes the Skittle every time. <laughs> Not when you eat them the way I do. Skittles once. Not when you eat them like I do. I worry about you less. Leslie, what's your favorite kind of Skittles? Is it original or is it one of like the tropical flavors or? I love original, and then they traded out lime for green apple, and I've never really forgiven them for that, and I never will forgive them for that. Reasonable. So wild berry is my next go-to. Because I cannot forgive them for getting rid of lime. Honestly, I like wild berry better than original. And and I had to ask this because I meant to ask it last time. Favorite kind of M and M? Since there's like six or kinds or something. Peanut. Toffee. No, no, not peanut. I'm sorry. Oh, pretzel. Peanut. The other P. Pretzel. Toffee. Very similar to pretzel. Or peanut butter. The peanut butter are good, but it always reminds peanut me of tea, which makes you cry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to move past it. I tried to move past it. Keep moving. Uh, so Snickers. I have tried Milky Way Dark, and it's and, good. I mean, it's, so it's like Milky Way is only so-so to begin with. Milky Way yeah. is the candy that I leave to the end. Uh, Snickers versus Twizzler. I don't have an anger one for doing this. You pick Snickers over Twizzler. You? You? Something happened to what? She picked Snickers over Twizzler. What? I didn't expect it. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I didn't expect it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, against a... I love Twizzler, but it really does require Mountain Dew, and I don't tend to keep Mountain Dew on hand, which is why I don't keep Twizzlers on hand. Because A has to go with B. Fair enough. Although this is the zero sugar, so I don't know how well it would work. There you go. Uh, John, what's your pick? It's got to be real... It's got to be the real stuff, guys. I'm noticing the fruit candies are, are taking a bit of a beating here. Of course they are. They're up against chocolate. That <laughs> has a point. <laughs> Actually, that that will lead us to another one later. But uh, okay, I, I have to I have to go with Snickers as well. So that's a clean sweep. That's a clean sweep. And last up yeah, is hundred grand. We have some hard decisions ahead. La- last up is hundred grand versus Butterfinger. 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 I love hundred grand, but it doesn't hold the candle <laughs> to Butterfinger. For, for Again, for our listeners, that cost him something to make that decision. It did. It did. It did. All right. We're up to the final four. Fantastic. Okay. What's the final four rundown? Our final four is Three Musketeer against Snickers and then Snickers. Reese's against Butterfinger. How can Would you, Butterfinger? Would you build the tension, woman. <laughs> no, I'm hungry. <laughs> okay, wait, no, I'm hungry. You said it was Three Musketeers. How can Snickers and Three Musketeers? Oh, are... you're, right. you're right. I drew the line wrong. Sorry, I'm supposed to draw the line this way. Uh, really? So three musketeer against Reese's. Okay. And then Snickers what's, uh, what's against that? Butterfinger. Ooh, see these these are yeah, some hard ones. Okay. Some hard, let's let's do hard that decisions. first one. So three musketeers versus Reese's. 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 It's chocolate and peanut butter man. Against. Against banal fluffy chocolate. Fluff. Benign banal bad fluff. Just just come to terms with it. It doesn't matter either way. So I'm going Reese's. Fair enough. And now the hard one. Snickers against Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Have you no sense of drama? 
I told you, I'm hungry. <laughs> and we're talking about candy. <laughs> it is dinner time for Snickers you guys. I ate already. Snickers versus Butterfinger. <sighs> that, oof. Butterfinger. Crunchy, crunchy Butterfingers. <laughs> the peanut butter Snickers commercial had sharks eating people. I'm going Snickers. I think Leslie may have just convinced me with Butterfinger. But we just, before you do that, remember, this is doctor recommended candy. Butterfinger. It's all crunchy. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. I think, I, I, I don't in, think you can I, say that it's on. It's endorsed by Bart Simpson. I, I don't I, think you can say that. I gotta, it's what? I gotta go Butterfinger. I didn't think hesitant. I would do that. Snickers is doctor recommended I candy. I love Snickers. Snickers is like my go-to candy, but... but so are you willing to betray it? It's Butterfinger. Crunchy, crunchy. It knows, Kay. It knows. I gotta vote Butterfinger. <laughs> Alright, Butterfinger moves on. So that would make the final... I thought Rhesus would be in, in the final or close to it. I did not see Butterfinger. I didn't either, that. but... Wow. wow. I did not see that happening. And here we are, Reese's against Butterfinger for the championship. Butterfinger. <laughs> Damn it, Les. That's what we should have done. Oh. Okay, so why wait, wait. vote for Butterfinger? I, Leslie, I why are you? I... Let's do that. Why are you voting for Butterfinger over Reese's? Yes. It's crunchy, and I don't have to stick it in the freezer. You don't have to stick a Reese in the freezer. You don't have to stick a Reese's in the freezer. They're still delicious. It, you don't get them out of the package cleanly if you don't stick them in the freezer. There's, there's, it's, it's like Shucky so, Oyster. There's like a skill. I you have lots of skill in... Did you just <laughs> compare it to Shucky and Oyster? <laughs> no, he just fell out of his chair. <laughs> John, are you alive down there? He rightly should have fallen out of his chair after comparing it to <laughs> Shucky and Oyster. He literally did. He literally just fell out of his chair. I just saw a leg or possibly an arm flail, so I think he's alive. <laughs> no, I have to go with Butterfinger because Reese's melt so easily that unless they're frozen, you end up leaving a not insignificant portion of the Reese's in the packaging, regardless of which version and iteration it is. And with a Butterfinger, it's just right there. Ease of eating. No. And again, crunchy. Butterfinger is too crumbly. But the crumble is what makes the Butterfinger awesome. No. You still down there, John? Yes. Oh, I see a thumbs up. He's alive. I've got to go Reese's. I will take peanut butter. It's peanut butter and chocolate. And what could so be more iconic than... No, 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 no. That is toffee and chocolate. Wait, what was that? It's peanutty toffee. It is. Yes, but p- toffee is peanut? What? What? Butterfinger. I call old Reese's. John, it all comes down to you. Butterfinger. It's endorsed by Bart Simpson. Have you ever taken a Hershey's bar and just, like, jammed it in peanut butter and eaten it? Yes. Solid. No, I did that with Doritos. (laughs) What now? That that leaves me with questions. But I don't know that I want the answer to those questions. Did you say Doritos? No. No, 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 no. We are not diving into this. Let's move on. (laughs) No. I do not need... No. No. Stop it, John. Stop it. <laughs> Doritos and peanut butter is delicious. We are not having that discussion. John, Reese's, Butterfinger, make your pick, sir. Doritos? <laughs> Damn it, he got derailed. 
because he wants it's to vote It's chocolate for and Reese's. peanut butter. I have to go with Reese's. You have made the correct choice, sir. <laughs> so our ultimate candy is... The Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Enough, Reggie. <laughs> it's gotta Definitely. Be and they gotta be frozen. And That's I still want Butterfinger. That's Damn it, fair. now I gotta go to Target tomorrow. Buy me a Butterfinger <laughs> while you're at it. But, if you want to have your own opinion of the ultimate candy for Halloween, go check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash haunting you. Our Twitter account at haunting Universe one. Our Instagram account at Hunting University, because we are going to be posting the matchups oh. from this very bracket so that you, our listeners, can have your own opinion on how this should have turned out. So go check out our social media, follow along as the ca- ultimate candy March Madness bracket proceeds through the rest of the next couple of weeks, and we will see who you, our listeners, think is actually the real ultimate candy for Halloween. Leslie, no creating burner accounts. You were allowed one vote, woman. One. <laughs> and you were allowed one vote, man. Wait, are the three of us allowed to vote? I don't know if we are. We could totally vote. What are you talking about? First off, well, we, first off we just did. And I will win. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so a couple of housekeeping items before we get moving. Uh, of course, we have to give our opportunity for the Chamber's Corner. <laughs> Haunting You is, of course, the official podcast of the Chamber of Haunters, and because of that, we like to give them an opportunity every month to let our listeners know what they have going on. So, for this month, here is what the chairman, Mr. Robert Knowlton, has sent. Are you looking for networking, education, live webinars, an all-inclusive organization, a home for all haunters, member discounts, handbooks, manuals, forms, conventions and trade shows, and so much more? Then join the Chamber of Haunters today. Use code HUNTINGYOU to save $15 off of any membership level. We want you. We are an all-inclusive organization that is a home for all haunters. Come and make us your home today. Visit www.chamberofhaunters.com for more information. The Chamber of Haunters is an awesome organization. They are doing all kinds of stuff to help further the interests of haunters everywhere. So whether you're a home haunter, a pro haunter, an actor, um, you own a haunt, you want to own a haunt one day, Go check out the Chamber of Haunters, and if it seems like a good fit, join because they offer they are offering all kinds of incredible resources to help you on your journey to do whatever you want to do within the haunted attraction industry. So go check them out today, and like Rob mentioned, mention Haunting You, or use the code Haunting You, and you'll save $15 off any level of membership. Welcome back from the Chamber's Corner. <laughs> Thanks, Les. That was uh, awesome, okay. I'm always excited to hear from from Mr. Rob Noten. Uh, on that note, we are uh, trying to arrange for some of the other board members of the Chambers of Haunters to come on the podcast and talk about what they are up to, and we'll learn about uh, their haunts and uh, hear what the chamber has in store. So be looking for that here uh, in the in future episodes. So we are super excited to announce that we are partnered with a new company uh, that's Florida Haunts. This is a uh, small hunting business run by a gentleman named Alex Capino, who we met at Fear Expo. And they make the coolest rotating lasers that uh, you can use to create a like uh, 
a laser vortex for people to walk through. And it is such a cool effect when you're using it with a fog machine. So we bought one of his lasers and I'm starting to play with it. We're going to uh, put up a video of what the effect looks like. And I mean, his lasers are a hundred bucks, incredibly affordable, even for most home haunters. And it is such a cool effect, easy, relatively cheap way to push your haunt over into the next level. So go check him out. You can find him at floridahaunts.net, www.floridahaunts.net, and uh, email them, and they will he will hook you up with one of his $100 lasers. If you want to know about our other partnerships and the other companies who are offering really great deals, definitely go check out our website at hauntingyou.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hauntingyou, Instagram at hauntinguniversity, and Twitter at hauntinguniver1. As we're talking more companies into offering us great discounts, you will be finding it in all of those locations. Also want to give a shout out to our YouTube page where we are posting tutorials on like Fright Pops controllers and other things to make your props really scare. Follow us on YouTube if you want to uh, see any of that. And then of course, uh, definitely go check out our Redbubble page. And if you want to get hold of some really cool haunting you swag, you'll also be able to find it on the Fear Expo floor where it will be discounted like 5 to 10%, depending what it is. We don't make much profit off of these items anyway. Uh, so we've discounted it as much as we can while still being able to afford make it. money, afford it is exactly what it comes down to. You know, everything <laughs> that we do here on the podcast is absolutely free to our listeners, but it does cost us money to host all of the episodes and uh, the website. And so if you are able and willing to uh, to help us out, please go check out our Redbubble site, pick up some cool swag and help support your favorite Haunting You podcast. Les, any closing words? I need another beer. She needs another beer. Happy April, everyone. We are basically halfway <laughs> to the hot season. It's time to start building. Now that the weather is getting nice, get out there, paint, construct, get your haunts started, and we will see you on the other side. From all of us here at Haunting You, happy haunting. Bye, everybody. Nice. Nice. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash hauntingu with the letter U, or on Twitter using the handle at hauntinguniver1, that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com. Oh, Johnny boy, the podcast podcast is calling. <laughs>